receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that? The title of this sermon today is Preparing Empty Seats. Hallelujah. Preparing Empty Seats. If you would just lay your Bibles down and lift up your hands and your voice in this place today. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this place. Lord, anoint my lips of clay. Lord, do justice unto your word this morning. Lord, anoint your people, Lord. Lord, anoint our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our, our spirits to receive what you have in store for this service this morning. Well, Lord, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise. Amen. As we're being seated today in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to take off my jacket because I done worked up a sweat. Thank you, Dad. Preparing empty seats. Oh, before I start, I forgot this. Brother Justin Henry wanted me to tell everybody hello. And he says this is his favorite place to preach. I have the pleasure of getting to see him all the time. And he said they make anybody feel like they're preaching general conference. So I had to let him know and make him jealous and uh, let him know I was preaching here today. Amen. Preparing empty seats. 159 times is the word prepare or preparation mentioned throughout the Old and the New Testament. The scriptures throughout talk about preparing for the coming of the Lord, but preparing not only ourselves, our, our bodies, our spirits, not only ourselves, but for the way and in the fashion that he will come. But there's two scriptures these two that I presented to you today were brought to me in prayer and that, that a table is being prepared in the presence of our enemies. And also that a place is being prepared for me and you to which I have the opportunity to be taken to. Aren't you excited to get to heaven? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a lot that goes into preparing not only a table, but in order to prepare a home. I know whenever people are coming over to my house, and I hope I get some husbands that are on my side, we got to clean literally everything. Um, we clean under the couches. We find things that have been lost for six months we didn't even know were there anymore. Uh, we bought replacements for them already, and we start finding them. We start cleaning the cabinets for some reason. We start uh, getting underneath the tables. I don't know what's that about. I, I don't dig underneath the table. Um, but then again, I just do what my wife says, okay? We, we clean everything. I mean everything. We go clean the, 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 the baby's room, and for some reason we clean the guest room just in case they sleep over for the night or something. I mean, we clean literally everything. And then after that, if we're preparing the meal for them, we, we have to take time to get the ingredients ready and to start preparing the food. Has anybody ever done this before? You know, when you got Thanksgiving dinner and all the grandkids are coming over or, or you're going to mama's house and you, you come in there and you, you make the mistake of getting there early. She says, take out that trash for me. Or <laughs> they start putting you to work. I'm not complaining. Okay, I, I'm, that's not what I mean. I'm just saying. There's so much preparation that goes into all of these aspects. 
But when you look up what a table is in the Bible, there, there's so many different representations and what, what the table symbolizes. But the, some of the biggest ones that the table represents is provision. And, the, and, the, and it also represents abundance. The table is a symbol throughout Scripture as a place where God dwells with and provides for his people. Can I get an amen? It's a symbol. It's a symbol of our deep desire to be known and to be loved by him. And so when Jesus began to flip those tables, amen, in the temple out of anger, it wasn't because they were disrespecting his father's house only, but it was because those tables represented greed and selfishness. They represented a man-made mentality of personal gain. But when Jesus sets the table, amen, he sets it before the enemies, hallelujah, and he does it in his house, amen. He's not just preparing a table, hallelujah, but he's preparing you provision and abundance, amen. He, he's preparing a place where you can dwell with him, hallelujah. He's assembling and creating an atmosphere, hallelujah, because he desires to know you. He wants a more personal relationship because he loves you. And there's an empty seat for you with your name on it. When the Hebrew people gathered around for dinner, traditionally they would sit on the floor. They, they, they would gather around the table and sit on cushions and they would get down and really, you know, on everybody's level and and when you look at what a chair represented, they didn't have chairs because chairs, there was often a prophetic meaning of the chair, and it symbolized dignity. The chair represented authority, and the chair represented honor, and it was a place of eminence and elevation. So when Jesus, when God robed himself in flesh and Jesus walked the earth, he got down to their level and he sat down on the floor with the tax collectors and the, and the harlots and whatever have you. He, he sat at their table because he knew what his plans were. He sat down with them down there in all the filth because he, because he was trying to reach them. But now, hallelujah, now he's calling us to higher places. Amen. He has a special seat for us. Hallelujah. And it's prepared in heaven above. Hallelujah. And those seats were made with you in mind. And they got your name on it. And they're just waiting for you to take your place in them. How many of you want to do that today? Hallelujah. How many of you are ready for that provision to sit at the master's table? Hallelujah. To sit in abundance. Hallelujah. To sit in the very presence of the master. To sit amongst dignity and authority and honor. And to sit amongst a place of elevation and eminence. No longer in the dirt or with the dogs, but elevated to higher places. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, the very first chapter, it's a very familiar passage of uh, Scripture in verse 5 and 6. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. 
And it says, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He hath made us kings and priests unto God. He has washed us. According to this scripture, he has washed us in his very blood that was shed at Calvary's class. Hallelujah. He cleansed us and he has given us the spiritual authority. So now we don't sit on the floor as dogs do. We don't sit on the floor just getting the crumbs even though they were pretty good. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness about that? But, but, but now, now we get to sit in those places of authority. Hallelujah. We are now made kings. Hallelujah. We are made to be kings and priests. Amen. Hallelujah. We have now been elevated through his spirit and through his Holy Ghost to sit in those places of honor and dignity. We're sitting at the master's table now, and the enemies, this is one of my favorite parts, and I know it's y'all's too, and the enemies just have to stand there with tired feet and worn out knees and just watch me eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. I've heard my Uncle Nick say it, there is going to be Kentucky Fried Chicken at the Mahaney Mansion, I can promise you. (laughs) Hallelujah, but I want that provision, don't you, amen? Hallelujah. I want that authority that he's prepared for me. Hallelujah. I want that place. Amen. I want that place. Knowing him and becoming elevated to experience. Amen. To experience this intimate eminence and honor. Hallelujah. He truly does. He truly does sit on his throne and there's none. There's none beside him. But for God to go out of his way. Somebody catch that. But for God to go out of his way in all of his power and glory, to prepare a seat for me, to want to give all of that to me when I don't even deserve it. He wants to give us all of this. He wants to give us all of this and more, but there's a few things that sometimes they kind of hold it up. Sometimes our problem is, is we can't get a hold of it. And, and it's not because God doesn't want to. And it's not because we're not able to receive it. Or, and it's not because that he can't and he's not able to give it. But it's often the mentality that we have that ties up God's hands and bars back the blessings that he has in store for us. Now, this may not be very revelatory to anybody but me. Uh, but me and Kyler, we're doing what we do best. We were sitting down eating. Um, we were at the spot in Galveston. Uh, we just got done with Zach, uh, his uh, bachelor party, hanging out on the beach. And uh, we went to lunch at, uh, at the spot. Kyler will remember this. There was a seagull. It was the funniest thing. There was, a, there was this table of food that these people looked like they barely ate at all. And the seagull came down to this empty table that was already prepared but nobody was sitting at it. It already had all the food. It already had the drinks. It, had, it looked pretty good. If I, there wasn't people around, I might sneak a french fry off of there. Okay? But the seagull beat me to it. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. That seagull came down. And it was so funny to watch it. The seagull came down to the table. There's all these other ones just hanging out up there, but it came down to the table, and it got the biggest waffle fry on the plate. 
And it was so funny to watch it because whenever it got it, it tried to fly off. And whenever it did, immediately seagulls started attacking it. Immediately trying to steal what it found. Immediately trying to take back whatever, whatever it got off of that table. And what was really cool, well, I say cool, but what was really funny, I guess, is the seagull flew back and still having that fry in its mouth, and it landed there on that deck, that porch, whatever it was. And the seagull, me and Kyler were laughing. He, he, I think he may have took a picture of it. The seagull ran back this way and ran back this way. Ran back this way, ran back this way. I promise, how many times do you think it was? Like 12 or something. It was crazy. This way and going this way. And the seagulls were perched on top of this rail. And the seagull just kept running this way, running that way. And Kyler said, you're literally going to have to get off the ground and fly to get out. And it just kept running back and forth and back and forth. And that seagull found a little crack in that rail and snuck out. And whenever it did, more seagulls came. Boom! immediately attacked it and at this time I was dealing with this thought and I was having struggle trying to put it together and it took a seagull (laughs) it took a seagull to try and bring it all together and God began to deal with me uh, last night reminded me of that seagull is that sometimes we're just too busy looking at how everyone else is doing and that we get caught up in trying to look and find out what others are getting when there's so much more left on that table. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can't seem to stop worrying about what others are receiving because we're not even seeing what's left on that table. Hallelujah. There's so much more left for me. Amen. But we're, but the, the problem that happens is we start to be picking and we pick and we, we start to say, these are probably a few things you've, pro- you've heard in your life. Well, they have more money than I do. They have way better cars than me. Pastor didn't talk to me today. He talked to them instead. A visitor took my spot in the parking lot. I get to bust my back all day long while others just relax. But I want to let you know there's so much more there waiting for you. You have blessings and provisions, amen, that are at the table of love and intimacy. And it's just waiting for you. It's just waiting for you to take it. It's already prepared. But the problem is, is we'd rather covet than make covenants. We would rather covet than make covenants with God and make some sacrifices. We'd rather complain than gain. Amen. We would rather validate than anticipate what God is trying to prepare for us at that table. Hallelujah. I want to let you know I'm not trying to look at whatever everyone else is doing. Amen. I, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that God is moving in the ministry in Odessa. But I'm not looking at the church across town. I'm looking what God has for the carpenter shop. Hallelujah. I'm not looking what happened in Hardin, and they're doing great. They're having revival. But I'm looking what God has got in store for Moss Hill, Texas. Because there's so much more left on that table. And I just want to say this part again because I thought it was really cool, and I turned out to be a poet, and I didn't even know it. That we'd rather covet than make covenants. 
We would rather want what everybody else wants than make the sacrifices and gain whatever God has. That we would rather complain about everything going on than rather gain whatever God is trying to give us. And that we'd rather validate our suffering, amen, than anticipate what God is trying to just place right there practically in your lap. I need a young man. Don't just, not everybody at once, okay? All right, come on. I need you to stand right there. Don't move. Give him a hand clap. Yeah. You kind of look like a seagull for a second. All right, come stand right here. All right, I want you to stand right here. I've heard a lot of good things about you. What's your name again? Joshua, I've heard a lot of good things about you, Joshua. I heard you're a strong, you got strong hands. You got strong hands? Okay, all right. I need you to hold this. Those are my kids' floaties. For the love of God, do not let you, don't let them see you have those, please. Okay. Okay. I want you to just hold them. I want you to grab everything out of this basket. I want you to hold them. Okay. Yeah, I want you to do your best. See? I want you to do your best and just hold it. Okay, and if you drop it, that's okay. I just want you to pick up, pick it up, and get it again. Okay, balancing. Okay, okay. we're doing good. Somebody cheer him on. Come on, y'all. He's he's doing it. He's doing it, y'all. You got okay. There we go. Okay. No, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. So I'm, Joshua, I'm just letting you know I'm testing this out on you because I'm going to go home and use it for my kids also. Okay. So I just want you to hold on to those, and I'll tell you when to drop them. Can you do that? Okay. The other reason, the other reason why it's so hard for us sometimes is we want to try and hold on to whatever we got. Can I get a witness? See? Pick it up. Go ahead and pick it up. Anytime you drop something, I want you to try and pick it up. It's part of the illustration, okay? It's actually good that you drop things. The reason why is because we have gained so much by our own hands that we try to hold on to it, no matter how awkward it is. No, how many, no matter how many times we keep dropping it, we still are just trying to just move it around and find out how we can hold on to this. But I mean, I, I still, I still want what God wants, but I, I can't, I can't, I can't let go of that. I, 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 you know, I, God, I know you have a ministry for me. I know that you want me to start preaching some Bible studies. But, you know, but I'm just a little nervous, and I got this pride that looks like a pink uh, life vest, and. I can't get rid of that because I'm afraid of what people are going to say and, and everything that we've ever had because we don't want to lose any of it. We don't want to lose the relationships that we might lose with our family members. Okay? Okay? And, I, and if this is too t hard, you know, I don't want to be. I'm not, you know, uh, the pastor. I'm just... This is just what God has been dealing with me personally. Um, we're, we're not, 
You know, friends come and go, right? They, they do this to you. They hit you. <laughs> you know, they, they like you, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, they're like, well, at least that ain't me. Right? And uh, the, unfortunately, you're doing it, buddy. <laughs> you're doing a really good job, actually. <laughs> Let's give him a hand. See? I'm telling you. I had a football, but the lady wouldn't let me buy it at Walmart because it didn't have a price tag, so you're lucky. <laughs> um, you know, um, we're, we're, we're afraid to lose relationships, but it's one of the hardest relationships we're afraid to lose is our family. You know, family's so important. Don't, don't mistake with what I'm trying to say. There's nothing more important than your family. I believe, like, God has placed your family because that's one of your most important ministries, okay? But there is nothing more important than what God has for you in your relationship with him. So this is, this is, often, this is often how it goes. You're trying to, you're trying to hold on to everything. And, 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 and I read that scripture again that in my father's house there are many mansions. And it's skipping down and says, I go to prepare a place for you. He's got so much for you. And he's trying to give it to you. I don't want you to try and get this, but he's, he's trying to give that to you, and it just falls. And he comes over here, and he says, I want to give this to you, but look, it's just falling again. And I, and I speak, Joshua, this is God. I'm not God, okay? This is God. You're going to have to drop some things. You know, I'm trying to give this to you, and it, there it goes again. It's just falling, okay? You're holding, on, you're holding on to these things, and it makes it so hard for God to give you what he has in store for you. Remember I mentioned earlier, while you're holding on to this, at the same time, you want to, co- you want to, you want to covet instead of make covenants. And until you drop that, go ahead and drop it, Josh. You're supposed to catch it, but okay. It's okay. Then you're able to get whatever God has given to you. This is just a little pink ball that costs $2, but this represents God's authority and his blessings and his promise that he has for you and your family. Hallelujah. He's got so much more for you. If you would just drop what you got, God is going to give you so much more. You can go ahead and leave it there. You can go ahead and leave it there. And then he says, and I'm getting close to finishing, y'all. I've told you I'm, I'm at 20 minutes right now. And if there wasn't, and then he goes on to say, and if there wasn't a place being prepared for you, I would have already told you that there isn't. But he is preparing that place for you. And he is coming back. He is coming back to take you there because where he is, there will we be also. Hallelujah. As the musicians come, I'm ending. And mom, I know I told you like a thousand songs, but can you play that second song for me that y'all did? That, 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 that bridge to that second song? Um, yeah, that one. Jesus has been, and I want y'all to catch this because I'm coming to it close. Jesus has been and still is preparing 
your empty seat at his table. From the moment, and somebody catch this, from the moment of your birth to your very last breath, he is excitingly preparing a place for you where you and I can be with him one day. He has sent out the invitations and is now in full preparation mode for the day of your arrival. And you know what the difference is between our preparation and God's holy preparation is that he never stops preparing. He never, ever stops preparing. I know I do, okay? I get relieved whenever somebody says, oh, we can't make it anymore. That means I got to stop cleaning. <laughs> oh, and then I send them, oh, man, we'll catch you next time. I'm so sorry. And then I sit down in my big chair. I'm like, thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad Jessa is not in here. I'm so thankful for Jessa. She's such a cool mom and such an awesome wife. We get relieved when we don't have to prepare anymore. When you're expecting someone to come to your house and then you receive the news that they're not going to make it, there may be some you know, disappointment because... You want to enjoy their company, they're your friends, they're your family or whatever. But the relief that comes from not having to clean and prepare or home or, or your home or cook. But the difference is, is Jesus continue to, continues to prepare the place even though you may not show up. That empty seat, that empty seat, that empty place of authority and power and and, and, and eminence at his table doesn't get put up. It doesn't go away, but it stays prepared for your arrival, even if you choose not to be there. Jesus willingly went to the cross to die, knowing, knowing full well that you still may not choose to have a relationship with him. Somebody catch that. I'm when, I, when God hit me with that, that just that really just overwhelmed me. He willingly died, even though I still may in the end not finish the race. And we easily write off people, and we, and we say, oh, they'll never make it. I mean, they'll pro you probably are, can look around this church and see where people used to sit in these pews. I know I can, growing up. And it's so easy, oh, man, it'll never happen. They'll never change. They'll do this all the time. But Jesus isn't willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And I want to let somebody know that you have a seat at the table, but the question is, will it remain empty? And even as I preach these words this morning, I stand in the place of the Apostle Paul when he says, by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I could wake up tomorrow. Dad, pastor, 
It's not going to happen. He could wake up tomorrow and say, you know what? I'm done. I'm tired of it. It's too much work. It's too hard. You ever heard anybody say that before? I, I'm done. I, I miss my old friends. I had more fun then. I, I, I miss, I, it, it's too much work. I, I miss my old life. And Lord forbid any of that happen to any of us. But you're not exempt from that happening. The people that you thought would never leave the pews, look where they are now. But I want to accept the invitation. I want to have a seat at the table. I want to make it to heaven and see the family that made it there before me. And, and, I, and I want to take my wife and my kids with me. And I I want to walk those streets of gold and put on heavenly garments. But most of all, I want to have a seat. I want to have a seat and sit in the intimacy of Jesus Christ. I appreciate the new body. I I missed my loved ones. Thank you for the mansion. I don't know how I'm going to clean it. But I just want to get to the table. I just want to show my invitation to Peter at the gate that says, I'm having the fried chicken for dinner, and say, I made it, buddy. I'm here now. Hallelujah. Who will choose to make the heavenly RSVP and make it to the gates of Pearl? Hallelujah. Who will make this altar up here an opportunity to be seated in those heavenly places? to pull your chair up to the table of the Almighty God and say, thanks for waiting up for me, Jesus. I'm finally here. I didn't think I was going to make it at some point, but you never gave up on me. I'm sending heaven's reminder that you have an event coming up and the address is on Heavenly Lane where the street is gold. Hallelujah. Is there anyone here that's willing to fill out the response? Hallelujah. And be baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Repent and turn away from all of the wickedness and sins and the attitude and the mentality and the mindset that you won't make it. You receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues to pull up the chair and say, I am here, Lord. I am here.